welcome to Fun is Fundamental. Fun is Fundamental is a podcast for those who realize that the enjoyment of life is about having something deep in our souls which lights our fire. It's for those who maybe have lost that fire and feel like they are missing out on the pleasures of life. In each episode, I will share recent fun activities and focus on why having fun is essential for good health. I'm your host, Alenia, and I invite you to take this journey with me and join the pleasure-seeking movement. Hello, welcome to a new episode of Fun is Fundamental, and this week we're going to talk about going to cat cafes. We went to a cat cafe with several friends a couple of weeks ago, I guess. It's very, very memorable experience. It's just like a room full of little kitties, and they're just so, they're so cute. I love I love cats so much. Um, I love animals in general. I love I love dogs too, but I don't know. Cats are just such interesting creatures, and I I love them. They're so cute, little cute, little kitty faces. So there are like obviously pros and cons to going to cat cafes. There's there def- you definitely should do research about uh, the cat cafe that you will be going to because. There have been some that there's like news articles and stuff like that that about like problems with uh, cat cafes. You know, obviously it depends, and I think that generally, if they are ones that are not really in it for profit and that are you know really focused on getting cats adopted, then it often can be a good thing. But yeah. So anyway, we went to Neko Cat Cafe on Capitol Hill, and then we also went to Seattle Metropolitan in Wallingford. And the, in, in these cases, both both cases, we rented out the whole room. But sometimes you can also just like book a slot, and you would then share the room with other other people, other stra- strangers, you know, which you know wouldn't necessarily be that terrible but at least like Neko Cat Cafe the room is really small so personally um I would for that one especially I would rather you know book it on your own you know I think generally can be good for to get you know teach cats how to socialize and to get along with other cats um, I mean, it's, it's really is like a form of fostering and it can be good to like help the cats to be able to be friendly with other humans. You know, if you get a cat from a cat cafe, you know that like you can definitely have your friends come over and your cat's going to be like, Hey, how are you doing? The cat cafes definitely make sure to make things really nice and cozy. They have all the cats had like a, little spots to, to sit at. There were about 20 cats and they all had like, there were so many like nice little spots for them to perch and to cuddle. And, and there were a lot of toys for them to play with. And they had their own like little air, like room to go into, to like go to the bathroom and things like that. And, you know, I think especially like with the younger cats, like, because they were like, didn't necessarily have like, they were growing, growing up together. They would just like pile on top of each other and they were so like familiar with each other <laughs> and they like really loved each other. You know, if you get like older cats, they like definitely have their personalities and like habits like really more 
you know, formed and they kind of are more like standoffish with each other, but generally they mostly seemed happy to like get some cuddles and, and, you know, they can step away whenever they need to, but there's lots of space for them to have a place and like they could get up high and like away from people, you know, especially in Maltropolitan, they, they could just stay, stay the hell away from people if they wanted to. But, you know, I think it's, like, good for them to, like, be able to socialize, but also, like, for people, it makes people really want to adopt a cat more, um, because then they can really see the cat's personality uh, with people and and uh, other cats and stuff like that. Not necessarily with, like, dogs, but at least it gets, a, like, more of a opportunity to see what the cat is actually like. Cat cafes, they started in Taiwan in 1988. They, you know, they spread all over the world, um, obviously to Japan. I, I actually thought they were from Japan originally because everything's from Japan, don't you know? Um, <laughs> but they actually started in Taiwan. I guess, like I said earlier, there are some critiques of cat cafes, but... Uh, like the idea that it's not natural for cats to live with so many other cats, which is not always necessarily true. Like you, you definitely have like, it's not necessarily a good thing to like hoard cats, but like people have always like rescued cats. I think it, like a cat cafe is going to be a better situation than cats just being in a shelter in a cage. So like, you know, I don't know, like people having this critique about it when it's just like, I guess I would say, like, the critique of, like, the cats being touched by a lot of people maybe is more of a critique. But I think as long as, like, the cats have the ability to, like, perch away from other, from people, if they're just like, no, I don't want to be touched right now, then the cat cafes, like, take, like, you know, making sure that, like, the cat can take care of themselves and their needs if, like, their need is to be alone you know yeah I found like a lot of the cats like really liked being touched you know and really liked they wanted to come up and like be like hey how you doing and like they were super friendly and so like I think they make sure they generally they make sure to like not to put not every cat is the cat for a cat cafe you know they wanted they they were going to pick cats that have more outgoing personality you know, although, you know, the funny thing was with the, like, the, the younger cats with the the kittens is that they actually didn't really want to be touched much. And, you know, I don't know if that was more of the, they're, you know, just really interested in exploring and playing, um, and they don't really want to be subtle and be pet, pet by a stranger, but also maybe, like, if they were, you know, had been growing up in a cat cafe, maybe they're just, like, yeah, I don't really want to be touched anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Whereas, like, some of the older ones that only, like, came into the cat cafe when they were older, like, they seem like, totally, like, yeah, yeah, hey, how are you doing? Like, I had a cat, like, in my lap, and the cat seemed totally fine, you know, <laughs> like, that kind of thing. You know, there is a concern that the cats might get stressed out and be under duress, but, but you know, at least locally, the cat, like the people that run the cat cafes seem like they really love the cats. And if they notice a cat being stressed out, you know, they're going to like, if worse comes to worse, like, you know, take them out of the cat cafe. You know, sometimes it just doesn't work out with a certain cat to be in a cat cafe. 
And, you know, obviously, like, if you're trying to get a cat adopted, it doesn't, it's not a good thing for, like, the cat to seem like they're in in distress, you know, that's not helping them to get adopted. It's obviously not good for the cat. Like, it's a lose-lose situation, you know. You know, obviously, there are cat cafes that are being run by people for profit. You know, there's ones that are using um, breeders instead of, you know, finding rest, you know, having rescue cats, you know, adopt, you know, adoptable rescue cats, you know, you know, I think if it was really a problem widespread, then we would be hearing a lot more about like, cat cafes are bad, you know, whereas it's really more of like, individual cat cafes and like I understand like concerns because they're living living creatures and so it's not like you know it shouldn't be like a conversation but in reality there's just not like a lot of evidence that there's this is like a widespread problem you know there are obviously reports of animal mistreatment and neglect but it's there's not a lot of them So, you know, I think just generally when you find, like, cats are a good fit, you know, these are cats that are, you know, you're trying to adopt them out. You know, you're trying to have these cats be healthy because you want them to be happy and, you know, for people to be like, yeah, I really love this cat. This is a great cat. I want to adopt it. You know, and like I said, I think it's a better living situation than a traditional shelter for most animals like really that's seems like seems like a really not great you know situation for a lot of animals you know generally there's more than 300,000 dogs and cats that are killed in shelters every year and there's only two states that are no kill states and that's Delaware and New Hampshire and you know my state of Washington isn't a high kill state But, you know, I still don't want, like, cats that can have a good life, you know, that are not sick, that are not seriously feral or something like that, to be euthanized if we can get them homes, right? That's the thing. I guess, like, we live in a country. I mean, it's really a problem all around the world, obviously, where, you know, pets are not... You know, we love pets and like, you know, we're like, oh, you know, we make a big deal about pets. But at the same time, we're allowing animals to, we still have a lot of people that don't have their animals fixed. We still have a lot of like animals being born and not being taken care of or, you know, that are being abused. And this is still an issue, even though like we, I guess, kind of in a way pretend that it's not really an issue. Like I said, there are there are a few horror stories. And so, you know, if you are thinking of going to a cat cafe, make sure to do research because, you know, I'm sure none of us want to contribute to, you know, any animals being abused, any sickness, you know, sicknesses going around, sanitary issues, and, you know, ones that are not, you know, actually having people having animals that are rescue animals that are up for adoption you know because 
that contributes to the problem of puppy mills, which are so, so such a disgusting act, you know, and just adds to more and more abuse of animals that, you know, we, you know, we talk about them being like, we love them. Like we watch videos of them all the time and we, you know, talk about them being our best friends and stuff like that, but we still are living in a country where this is the reality of a lot of animals, you know, companion animals. So do your research long and short of it. So, you know, I guess like we can also talk about the benefits to humans going to cat cafes. Um, and I mean, generally pets are so good for humans. Like we, you know, they are great for stress, relieving stress and anxiety, and they help with feelings of loneliness and depression. And, you know, there's so many people that are dealing with loneliness, depression, and anxiety, you know, in this country. And so people have the means to take care of an animal and they can have an animal. I think it's a great thing for, to help with those things. Although, you know, you, we hope that like people can have other outlets, of course, to help with those too. You know, they also give people a purpose if they, you know, feel like they don't have a lot of purpose and they feel kind of lost. Having to take care of something outside of yourself can be really beneficial for people. You know, they also encourage playfulness and lightheartedness, which we definitely need more of all the time. You know, these mental health improvements also help with physical, you know, physically. They help with cardiovascular health and they, uh, lo you know, they lower people's cortisol and blood pressure, which of course helps with cardiovascular health. Um, the act of petting an animal can help you tap into your parasympathetic nervous system, which, you know, so often we're in that sympathetic nervous system, which is, you know, the fight or flight part of us. And we have just a hard time just being able to relax. And so like, you know, just take, hanging out with your pet friend and, you know, petting them just really like is such a great way to relax and, you know, it's kind of a meditation when you get into like, you know, just like the feeling, you know, getting mindfulness, you know, feeling their fur, you know, and feeling like their purr, you know, vibrate. And it's just like, yeah, that's really a great thing for, for people and for, and for the animal, you know, you know, we all need to be more mindful. You know, animals have also been known to benefit children with ADHD and autism. I have like a little quote uh, from Dr. Ann Berger, who is a physician and researcher at NIH Clinical Center in Beth Bethesda, Maryland. I guess that's how you say it. <laughs> um, and she says, the foundation of mindfulness include in attention, intention, compassion, and awareness. All of these things are things that animals bring to the table. People kind of have to learn it. Animals do this in innately. If you think about it, like children have to learn empathy and stuff like that, you know, like it's not just like, doesn't, we don't just come out being empathetic, you know, because like when you first come out, you're just like, it's just me. You're just id and you're just like, 
I, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> change my diaper. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, you, you just have these needs and you need them met and you're just going to like do anything that you can to get them met. And we continue to have needs, but we figure out that like, yeah, there's other people that exist and a lot of the way to get your needs met are by uh, paying attention to those other people and being like, yeah, I, I, you know, like, let's work together <laughs> to, you know, yeah, they talk about compassion and we definitely, it benefits us to be compassionate towards other people and ourselves, you know, and, and then she also talks about attention, intention and awareness. And like, I mean, I feel like attention and awareness can be like similar, but like, that's really like the core of mindfulness is just to be like, just there. And we get so caught in our, in our brains and our heads and just like, you know, just the yammering, blah, 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 blah. And that will never stop as anyone who has tried to meditate will know, because if you are alive, your brain is doing it, doing brain stuff. But if you can just have like those little moments, you know, where you just, you just, it's just, you know, getting into the moment. And it, the more that you do try to do it, the more that you just are just there, you know, the easier it gets. So, you know, having a pet is a great way to just kind of get you to that state, you know, over and over and over. So I guess I've definitely made it very clear that pets are good and that cat cafes have the potential to be good, but that you got to take each one with a grain of salt, I guess. So I guess I'm going to close this out. I found a poem by Walt Whitman that is just, you know, it just paints the picture of just how amazing animals are and how people should be a little bit more like them. <laughs> so I think I could turn and live with the animals. They are so placid and self-contained. I stand and look at them long and long. They do not sweat and whine about their condition. They do not lie awake in the dark and weep for their sins. They do not make me sick, discussing their duty to God. Not one is dissatisfied. Not one is demented with the mania of owning things. Not one kneels to another nor his kind that lived thousands of years ago. Not one is, is responsible or industrious over the whole earth. I just like how Walt Whitman just kind of cuts through all the, the bullshit of, you know, humans being like, you know, talking about having dominion over the earth and like, you know, like, acting like we're like these gods, but at the same time also being like, Oh, we're, you know, yeah, we're, we're sinners if we, we're not doing good, like, for God, you know, and, and, you know, things like that. And yeah, animals are just, they just exist. They just are. And they don't need any of the bullshit, vanity, and ego that humans do. 
and I mean, do we do? I guess I'm like, do they don't need it? But I'm like, do do we need it really? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess like you know, there are some things that like our our ego is good for our ego. Like it warns us not to do things that could harm us, you know, like that kind of thing. But it just becomes too much, you know. <laughs> and I mean, animals have the instinct to not touch something that's gonna burn them. <laughs> so like, you would hope that. I guess the ego is part of our instincts, but anyway, there's just a lot of other thoughts that come up that that harm us and hold us down, and there's too much to say. Anyway, I'm going to try to keep this short, so I'm just going to say that I hope you have fun and that you find ways to stay warm in the winter <laughs> and to take care of yourself and but I love you and I hope that you you have a good day all right bye